In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, Jan and I had a beautiful time away. It's been a while since we've just been away with nothing to do. <laughs> but be quiet. We're in a place with no television and up in the mountains and the Grand Canyon for a couple of days. Everything just got so quiet. I mean, even any kind of loud noise was just disturbing. It was so beautiful. Quietness was so around us. It was just, just a wonderful thing. And it really reminded me of, of the need to be vigilant, the need to kind of preserve that quietness, that peace in the soul that is so valuable to us that unless we have that peace of soul, that it's, it'll become very difficult for us to be near to God because then the noise of the world complicates things. It just gets all around us all the time and it draws us away. And so the important thing here, I think, is to understand the, the, this idea of being quiet and being focused on being vigilant that those things that would take us away from God, we avoid, and those things that draw us near to God, that we attend to those things and move in that direction. So uh, we hear this in the gospel text, very clearly in the gospel text, that if we're moving away from God, our heart hardens. And even when the word of God comes to try to land upon us, we may even hear it, but the birds of the air come and peck it, peck it away. They come and eat that word and take it away because our heart is, our heart is hard. We cannot hear that word. We're so involved in, in, in the things of this life that even the word of God does not penetrate us. Or it's thorny, that just the, the cares of life are so uh, overwhelming that the word of God has no, is not able to take root. We have rocky soil where there may be some sense there of uh, a, a root going in, but when the heat of life comes, the soil isn't deep enough and it withers up and goes away. So this good soil, this issue of good soil to us is very important. But I want to take uh, a look at the epistle, St. Paul's letter to Titus. And he says these things to us. Uh, he says, avoid these things. Stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels over the law, for they're unprofitable and futile. And so he goes through these ideas here that I think it's important to understand them, to avoid factions. So... As I was looking at this, I said, you know, it's one thing to avoid those things, but what, what's the counter to them? Because I think in the spiritual life, it's important not just to avoid things. Like say, don't get angry. Okay, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not getting angry. But what's that mean? What is that? What do we have to do to avoid getting angry? We have to do something opposite to avoid the anger. So in these things that St. Paul says to Titus to avoid, to teach the people to avoid, what is the opposite? And I think that that really does help us understand this. So I kind of saw this as, as you're, we're going to the supermarket, and you're going down the aisle, and on one hand you have stupid controversies. You get to choose them. They're there. 
apples, oranges. You have a couple choices of stupid controversies. Or on this other hand, what's your choice? See, what's on the other side of the aisle that you can choose? On this hand, you have this side, you have genealogies. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, and I'm that, and you're this, and you're that. Or what's on the other side of the aisle that you can choose? The other side, we have dissensions. We can choose dissensions. And all of us have a couple that we can probably pick from. There can be dissensions here and dissensions there, but what's the, cho what's the other choice? What's on the other side of the aisle? Or we have quarrels. You ever have a quarrel? You have one now? You want to pick it now? What's the option? What's on the other side of the aisle? Or we have factions. You can choose a faction or what's on the other side of the aisle. So that's what I want to work on a little bit today. So let's begin with stupid controversies. I love that word, stupid controversies. <laughs> it even makes it right off the top. Don't go there. Okay, stupid controversies, bad fruit, rotten apples. We can choose all these things on this side. You know, and that just leads to gossip about situations, about people. And, you know, we always begin those with some idea that it's a good thing. Oh, I want to talk about this because I, I just want to, I want to show you how concerned I am about this person. And all of a sudden it turns into gossip and a stupid controversy or something happening in the family, or in the church, the community, or even in the world. Okay, we can, we can let that roll. What's the, what's the other option? What's on the other side of the aisle? Pray for it. Pray for them. Don't talk about them. Don't talk about it. Pray for them. Pray for the president with all your heart. Don't let any hatred or anger or bitterness get in there because it will disturb your prayer. God cannot hear that prayer. We pray for him when we come down the aisle with the gifts for the President of the United States and all civil authorities. And there's a lot of reasons for some of us to be very upset at all those people. Everybody's shaking their heads, see? Ah, stupid controversies. Ah, no. Pray for them. It's about being, just don't go there. Pray for them. Don't let your mind move to stupid controversies. Pray for those situations. Beg God with, on your knees for them. I believe God gives you a heart and an idea. When he shows it to you, he wants to affect change in that situation through your prayer. You know that. You feel that way. Because God wants you to pray for that situation. And he wants to change it through your prayer. The longer you wait, the longer it's going to take. So pray. That's on the other side of the aisle. Stupid controversies, prayer. Okay, so we're going to take another step down the aisle. Genealogies. Okay, this is a tough one. I thought about a lot of things here. And one thing I want to, uh, I'm just, I'll, I'll, let me just, so forgive me if this is a little bit tough, but hang in there. We can take the fruit of being orthodox. I'm orthodox. I have icons. 
I burn incense. I do my prayers. I'm orthodox. How about on the other side of the aisle? I'm a Christian. Is it okay to be a Christian? To what's Christian? What is a Christian? I love God. I love my neighbor. I obey the commandments of God. Is that enough? Is that enough? Yes, it is enough. It's enough. Oh, I can be orthodox and I can be, but so I don't have to worry about loving God or loving neighbor or getting the Christ's commandments because I am orthodox. It's a temptation. I do my prayers. I do this and then I go home and I, I speak poorly to my wife. I don't take care of my children. Okay. See, you can, it can become a genealogy. It can become something that is, is, uh, you, becomes almost an idol to us. We have to be very careful of that. What are we supposed to be? Christians. You know what orthodox means? Right believers. It's not a category. Understand that? It's not a category. It's being right believing. It's being a true Christian that loves God and loves neighbor and obeys the commandments. That's this side of the aisle. If that didn't bother you, did it? Maybe a little. Still venerate your icons. Still be, be orthodox, but understand it's not a genealogy. It's, but being a, being, being a true Christian. Dissensions. Um, on this side of the aisle, we had dissensions. You know, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like the music. The liturgy's too long. The homily is so bad every, every week. And it gets worse all the time. When are they going to have Father John Braunbach or Father Finley? There's other guys here that can preach. Okay, this dissensions, we have them. You know what, it's okay to have an opinion. You know what dissension is? It's pride of opinion. It's having pride in that opinion. You know how you can tell? When you have that opinion and somebody starts poking at it and it bothers you. That, that you have pride of opinion there. You're not, ready, you're not willing to let that go. So what's on the other side of the, what's the other side of the aisle? To have an opinion with humility. Okay. How many people in here have an opinion about the church? You better have every hand better be up is all I've got to say. That's good. That's not a bad thing. Some aren't good. Some are. So we have questions. We have issues. That's okay. But on this side is the opinion with humility. No pride. No agenda. No agenda. In other words, let's go talk to the priest about it and we just lay it at his feet or lay it to the parish council or wherever we're going to lay it and let it be there. Not allow it to be a dissension. So, next, quarrels. On this side of the aisle, quarrels full of selfishness, anger, and forgetfulness of God. Quarrels. On this side. On this side, we have somebody in the quarrel needs to stop. 
Stop it. You know what a quarrel takes? Two people. And if you get fired at, your option on this side of the aisle is to what? Forgive, not respond. Repent. What did you suggest? <laughs> the fire back, right? <laughs> Boom. And what happens? Boom. And then what happens? Boom, boom, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Somebody's got to stop. That's on the other side, Al. you got to stop. One of my great experiences in my marriage was I was upset. Jan and I were doing that Cold War thing you do, you know, walk by each other and you bump each other and you're kind of growly, growly, growly. And I came to her and I said, okay, this is ridiculous. I said, sweetheart, I don't think I said that. I don't think I was, I don't was right there. I said, Jan, forgive me. And she turned around and said, not yet. <laughs> but what did it say? This is going to end. And somebody had to end it. She ended it. That wasn't me. I just... Don't like that situation. So you, on the other side of the aisle is end it. Stop it. Don't fire back. You don't have to fire back. Okay, and the final thing is factions. You know, we've been here, I've been in this community for 40 years, and I've seen that kind of, the faction. And that's, that's almost a combination of all things. All these put together create a faction. And the issue there is that uh, you just have to, you have to just flee it with repentance and forgiveness on this side of the aisle. You can maintain the faction, but on this side is repentance and forgiveness. And it can just dissipate it. It can, it can make it go away. It can, God can begin to work again. So these things are very important to us. So what's the result of this? Okay, what's you, if you live on this side of the aisle, what's the result? If you live on this side of the aisle, what's the result? The church teach us that if we live generally on this side of the aisle, we're going to be angry, envious, greedy, and prideful. Those don't sound too good. And generally, we're going to be unhappy unless things are going our way. And how many people have life go their way? Zero. Zero. Okay? On this side of the aisle, you're choosing these things. Love, contentment, peace, and joy. You can shop on this side of the aisle, or you can shop on this side of the aisle. And these people are generally blessed regardless of their circumstances. See the two words? Blessed, happy. I want to be happy. I want to be blessed. So God is with us, beloved, and these words of St. Paul to us are very clear. And they, they help us understand what it means to flee the hardness of the soil, the thorns and the rocks. And they help us to live on this side of the aisle so that we can truly live a blessed life full of love, joy, peace, and contentment and flee this side of the aisle, avoid these things. So we're fleeing anger, pride, um, greed, and all these other things that basically make life difficult and hard.
So may God help us all. Live on this side of the aisle. Shop on this side of the aisle. Not on this side of the aisle. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.